millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hey everyone, welcome back to CORE. This is CORE, episode 263, and it's Thursday, April 22nd, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we're back at it, everybody. Thanks for being here. We hope you had a good gaming week, and I really shouldn't swing this X-Acto blade around. This is a bad idea. I'm going to put that down over here, just right over here. Yep, you didn't have a good gaming week, I'll cut you. Yeah, I'll cut you, fool. Sorry, That's Bo. not for swinging. Yeah, It's not, is it? My mom, you're like my mom, but you're right. And she was also right when I was doing that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that's. I was going to ask, but then you landed. Hey, look at this, uh, real quick. This is a little self-serving, so you'll forgive me. I hope. But uh, uh, everyone knows I'm working on a Kickstarter for my uh, my card game uh, called Rock yeah. Runners Incorporated. I've got a deck right here. I'm just sort of fiddling with it here, uh, sort of pre-show. It's got all the cards and the cool stuff in it. Um, just got in a sample, although I got to make a tweak to it. But I got in a sample of the playmat today. So this thing has got gorgeous. unlocked, and uh, it's like oh, a neoprene, you know, like um, like a mouse like mat kind of. Yeah, or like a magic pad. Yeah, like a, a, a magic pad. Yeah, like a magic pad. <laughs> it's so absurd. Magic the Gathering play mat. Is yeah, like a Magic the Gathering P- MTG play mat, and uh, you, it's got a place for your draw deck, your play pile, and these space credits, which determine the winner. Um, one thing you might say about it in the middle there, you might go, "Ooh, why is it all dirty and like like you rub a bunch of dirt in the middle?" <laughs> No, I didn't. Um, this is you ate five guys on. This, this is what you learn. Well, this is what you learn when you do your own artwork. Sometimes you send in a thing. They're like, "Great, we'll send you a proof or a sample," and you think it looks great. But when you get it, I was trying to make this like subtle sort of dust effect, like it that's painted on the original to make uh, it look like a screen. It's all scuffed up and stuff. The the end result is it just makes this thing look used. So I got to fix that. But other than that. It's awesome. It's rubber. I'm putting it over here by my other rubber things. Boink. All these cards are ready to rock. I'm so excited. I can barely stand myself. So yeah, um, anyway, if you want. Coming, so you I'm want super de- stoked for you. you. Want de- uh, thank you. You want details, head on over to uh, Kickstarter and search for Rock Runners, or you can find it at uh, frogpants.com slash rock runners. Either way, uh, you're golden. So go Buy it, everyone, and rejoice. Do it. All right, let's get into it today. We have a number of topics to discuss. First and foremost, as Blizzard fans, uh, we shall probably do this up front. And it'll get talked about again on the instance tomorrow, but that's all right. Some of you are going to get a double dose on this. But Jeff Kaplan, 19-year veteran of Blizzard Entertainment, famously hired because 
he was a bit of a forum troll and also made maps for EverQuest. And that's what got him hired. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that was his. I did. Yeah. You did. Okay. I, I always pointed to him when people are like, you complain about WoW too much. I was like, look, the people who make WoW complained about EverQuest too much. That's how they got he got the job. That's like, right. I guess he impressed. That's how innovation happens. They were like incognito executives that were playing EverQuest. He happened to be part of whatever guild and, and stuff they were all in. And I guess he was a kind of a pain on the outside in terms of like trolly sort of forumy stuff. But it, it does make me think that in a in that era of Blizzard, yes, you those are those may seem like strange happenstances, but those kinds of things could get you hired. These days, I don't think that happens today. No, nobody hires some a hole on Reddit to come. You may you may hire some content curator, somebody who really likes StarCraft or really is into Warcraft, and and you like enough what they do that you bring them on and put them on the esports team, or maybe even in, in development, depending on what's going on. But it's pretty rare that you're going to pull a guy like that out of the out of the pile, but it's a good thing he did. He turned out to be one of the most prolific creators at the company. Uh, you, 99% of you who have played World of Warcraft have played a number of quests that he designed. He did a ton of quest development early on in uh, the vanilla days and and forward, and he headed up uh, the game. He was in charge, you know, game director for, what, two two years of that, which is about the time you saw him disappear grow a beard and move into a cave and work on Titan for like three years without anyone knowing it. Um, so that was going on. And then most people's uh, familiarity with, with Jeff happened or most of their familiarity came with him taking what was left of Titan, uh, scrambling together an idea and then going to an executive meeting with um, uh, what's their names. <laughs> Everyone hates them. Activision. Mm-hmm. And said, "Oh, right. Here's here's what we did. We uh, his his quote something like we had a massive fail with Titan. Titan is like a legit fail. Um, but here's what we think we can do, and a lot of it can come out of Titan. Some of these ideas and characters and some of the stuff we have, but we want to make a shooter. And what's fascinating about that is, imagine going to the bosses of Activision, the people who run the most popular yearly franchise in Call of Duty, sitting down with them and saying." Yeah, that giant next-gen MMO, $150 million, gone. We're done. But what if we made a shooter? Telling that to those guys, king of shooters in PC and console gaming, that you're going to make a shooter must have been, that must have been a meeting, dude. That must have been a a freaking weird meeting. And they went for it. Hard sell for Blizzard. Not like Blizzard's known for ever doing that before, right? No. Let's do something we don't normally do. Right. They'd never done one as far as I'm aware. And as a result... um. Because they took the chance and went for it, uh, Overwatch was, by every measure, an enormous smashing success. Um, you could say it's waning a bit now, and we've got a sequel that's who knows how that's going. But uh, but in its heyday, that thing made more money than they knew what to do with, and it easily made up for the Titan loss. So he's a big deal. He's a big deal at Blizzard, and he sat in front of a fireplace for a long time. That was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, at BlizzCon, when he'd get out on stage, he was maybe one of the more entertaining front-facing personalities that were left at blizzard after Metzen and some others had left he was kind of your guy on stage you look forward to and now you're not going to get it he's done he's out we don't know where he's going he's gonna he's got a lot of money so he could retire or he's only 48 so he could probably just go all right i'm gonna turn around and make my own game or i'm gonna go work for dreamhaven or i'm gonna 
I don't like he. I don't like he goes to, um, uh, bonfire because, well, I I know some things I'm not supposed to know. But anyway, the point is, I shouldn't have said any of that. I'm going to bleep this out later. <laughs> he is going to go do whatever he's going to do, and of course, the internet explodes and says, "Oh my gosh, you know, another great pillar of Blizzard is leaving." Now I'm sure that it's all a giant nightmare at Blizzard and it's never it's a it's a hollow shell of its once greatness or whatever. Do we agree with those sentiments? John, we'll start with you. How do you feel about uh, Kaplan leaving? I mean, I have never worked in a job for 19 years straight. Uh, I don't imagine that I ever will. <laughs> I don't that that doesn't seem like uh, the amount of time that I would ever dedicate to something unless I really loved it. And um, so it's very easy to go, oh man, he's leaving in end of days, end of days. But how many of you out there have worked in the same job essentially for that long? I mean, it is a decent time to get out. Now that said, uh, is Blizzard a different company than what it was? Yeah. I, I think we've heard enough insider reports. I think we've seen the writing on the wall for, a lot of that with how projects have been handled, certainly with, you know, what we experienced as a Heroes of the Storm show and um, that company has evolved. Do I think it's all, you know, awful and everybody there is suffering and crying for help and, you know, it's a shell of the former company that it was? No, nah, it's probably not quite that far, but I think I think it's focus and it's standards and uh, maybe the driving factor behind some things is different than what it was. And I think him leaving is probably, you know, him just not getting what he wants out of that anymore, whether that is because the company has evolved or whether that's, he as a person has evolved because he could very easily just go, you know what? I've done a good job. I'm working on the expansion pack to overwatch ready to do something different the expansion Wanna. pack nice shade that's a good nice nice subtle stealthy shade <laughs> you threw there um so. bo uh i mean i think john's probably not wrong about most of that um we never no. we never do talk about the new blood or the new guard because we don't know them we don't know their names we don't know what their talents are yet i'm mean, for all we know the next generation of blizzard creators are far and beyond more have more potential than all these old guys that are moving away but What's your take? Do you uh, think? Uh, yeah, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll see those kinds of guys anymore at Blizzard. To be perfectly honest with you, like it's. I think that generation has a certain. I don't mean this in a bad way, but an entitlement to their struggle and the things they created and an identity outside of the company that they likely had have had conversations about and kind of don't care. Like I think, I think Kaplan's the way Kaplan has been in the public sphere because he doesn't feel he's not nervous about losing his job or pleasing shareholders. And, you know, like, I think there's like, there's a certain level of confidence you have to kind of do things like that, that people who hedge their bets are not. And, uh, you know, you kind of, there's just kind of a trend, like the Mike Morheims are gone. Ben Brode is gone. Chris Metzen's gone. Um, Even Josh Mosquera, I would say like, you know, they're these sort of outspoken champions for their games that people, connect with you know if someone in the chat was even like i don't know if kaplan's not part of the game i don't think i want to play it and it's like you know jeff in particular is known for saying it's a team effort right and so like there should be no reason why anybody should stop playing any of these games because they left because it's a company they make games it's made up of lots of people kind of who cares but people do care medicine's releasing a book on kickstarter it's 
doing real well. Everyone's stoked about Dreamhaven. People are interested in Bonfire. You know, they're interested in what these luminaries are doing because it matters. And I think the thing that speaks volumes is that why doesn't anyone at Blizzard see that their, you know, superstars want to just branch out and do shit and be like, well, it's better if you just go. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like there might be reasons for going, but they're all keeping busy with their own projects. So like Metzen's still being Metzen. Yeah. Morheim's still being Morheim. Yeah. They just need to leave. And and we sort of, there's been a lot of marketing leading up to before their departure that was like, Blizzard's this, Blizzard's this kind of culture, Blizzard's this kind of thing. Then if they were so passionate about wanting to work there, why would they leave? Like they, they had these really solid hype videos about how great it was to work at Blizzard. Why That just speaks volumes to everyone involved. You can't look at that and not say like, yeah, that place sucks right now. <laughs> like, like, you know, like whoever's in charge, shareholders, whatever, didn't do enough to even say, you know what, you want to do your own thing, Metzen? Let's branch off and do a book division, man. You know, like let's talk. Mike Morheim, you want to get into esports? Let's let's do Blizzard Junior. Let's do Dreamhaven and keep it in house. And like that's not part of the DNA. The DNA is shareholders want to make money. They want Overwatch 2. They want more Hearthstone X packs. They want to keep rolling out WoW for as long as they can. Right. They're canceling awesome innovative things. Like I don't think that I think the StarCraft shooter was not a cancellation that went over very well internally. Yeah. I don't know the details or why, but I just get the sense that that you know Blizzard's known for canceling projects. I got the impression that that seemed like not one that they were necessarily happy to part ways with. Um, and you know, all their chips are on Diablo Four, not some you know new and exciting franchise. Right. So I just I just kind of get this feeling that like the culture shifted, and that doesn't mean their games are going to be bad. It's just they're going to take BlizzCon for granted. The fact that you're going to come and be into it and the whole point that I've taken away from BlizzCon is that like the developers just want to jam with the people who play the game. And yeah. it was meant to be first and foremost about the community, which is why I made a really pissy Reddit post about why there's no heroes. Like the explanations often in BlizzCon, the explanations like, well, it's not marketable. It's like, who cares? People are playing it. That's enough. That's reason enough. You have your reason. Right. People enjoy that game. Who cares what shareholders think? Who cares if it's good for the company or if you're selling products for it? It is a game in active service, and people celebrate and build communities around it. That's what BlizzCon is. So the fact that BlizzCon also is kind of moving away from that just makes me think that the pencil pushers and the bureaucrats have taken over the institution and the free wheeling personalities like Kaplan uh, don't have enough. And I base that on the fact that two things. One, in the press release... Aaron, who's a nice guy, I'm sure. No comments. He's super him, nice his, guy, by the way. His statement appears first in the press release, which yep. when I look at like departures of Dustin Browder and Alan DeBeery and even Mike Morheim, the person leaving usually gets the first word. Yep. And then the person coming in gets to say something. And then Kaplan's was like, GG, y'all. <laughs> <I'm out>. <laughs> <laughs> no, no punctuation or capitalization. Like, they literally copy pasted the email without doing any PR thing. I don't even know why they didn't spruce it up. Uh, you know, so I'm, you know, and people within the company like take sides when things like this happen. So I don't know if PR was like, yeah, let's just release it as is. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like really stark that they didn't make it. Well, you know, with cat, like they just literally copy pasted the thing in there. And I can't help but think 
that's like there's sour grapes somewhere in in the grape pile. It's so. it's easy to read it that way, and I don't and I don't actually know for sure. So maybe that's whole that's totally right. It's certainly considered. I could be that, reading but, it's tinfoil hat, but I'm like this is doesn't fit the pattern. Yeah, at it's all not the, the fat pattern, but it does make me think maybe it's part of a newer pattern, and the newer pattern being like guys instead of making such a big deal out of it, why don't we have the new leader of the team? lead this and be the leader so that we so we show the player base that Aaron's in charge and and that you know even though Jeff's leaving and it's a massive change uh, we've got it we're good we got we got the leadership but what they what they don't understand is how that looks and that looks for for a company like Blizzard with the with what Blizzard is in the eyes of its players it looks bad it looks weird it looks looks short and 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 cut off and 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 like it would didn't go well or something and I think no, the right way to do this thing is like hey i'm jeff and i just want to move on to another project so i'll be leaving blizzard to pursue other interests maybe you'll hear about them maybe you won't i, I don't know like and there's no real roadmap for this kind of thing i just i don't know i just feel like if you're leaving you kind of should give some I don't know. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Yeah. That's a well, tough thing. I, I think you you really hit on something with this idea of like, it's one thing to be the person who built the ships that all these franchises sail on. It's another thing to be the person that's just maintaining course. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like right now, Blizzard is a bunch of people that are now captaining the ships that were built by other people. And that's not to say they're going to do a bad job you might have different opinions on that depending on how you feel, you know, things are going, but they're going to do the best job they can at helming it, but they have a different level of investment than the people who built these things from the ground up and they have a different interest level. And at a certain point you get in this, like, well, it's just about preservation and let's just keep going. Let's just keep it going. Um, it does feel I'm like they're being more very careful, right? Like way careful right now. Like, yeah, I mean, explain, that's but. that's why there are select people at Blizzard. And I would have said Jeff Kaplan is one of them that it felt like they were the people that weren't afraid to shake it up. Like Bo said, like he knew what his contributions to that company were. He knew what he had built with that company. So forge ahead and do what you want to do. And I think there are a few people there that still do that. But I think you've got a lot of people there that are very like, oh, we've been put in charge of steering this wow ship. Let's just not be the ones who sink it you yeah. know like let's just let's just hold course you guys want to do anything crazy nope <laughs> i yeah. just want to i just want to hold course and let's not veer off of it let's not do anything nuts here people which we, is uh, a bummer like it's such a bummer because i don't think you're wrong i think you're actually 100 percent correct and even if they don't fully acknowledge it or know it there's a little bit of like don't do anything crazy or this is all this house of cards is going to fall over because we don't really have a ton in the chamber and we're it's not the old days where we were still hungry for the big thing we've got the big things and now we just got to be careful to not disrupt the big things or whatever i think that is ultimately really bad for them and i think in the long run it's just going to hurt them it's just going to hurt them if you can't if blizzard can't continue to innovate in the way that they used to and they're just holding tight to what's currently working then there's no good end to that story there has to be something else and you could say well what about all those guys working on the internal teams on secret projects well a couple of them got canceled and tons of really smart people left after that like i don't know that those internal incubators are working the way they planned there's still a few people i'm really interested in there Corey stockton is still there i think chilton's still there these are massively talented designers and game game runners that could 
could change my mind tomorrow with an announcement. But I don't know, dude. I think everything right now is banked on Diablo 4 as the future, the near future for Blizzard. And I don't know what Overwatch 2 looks like, but the Kaplan leaving bit is a little strange. And like I say, Ellen, uh, Ellen, <laughs> Helen Keller, Aaron Keller, the guy who took over, I've met with, talked to, I talked to him for almost an hour at a meet and greet once. And I don't know that I've talked to a guy that I liked more spending time with at Blizzard than him. I think he's super talented, really knows what he's doing. There's nothing wrong with him being in charge. And maybe he has been for the last two years. We don't even just, we just don't know if he's sort of been running the show anyway. Um, but I worry that status quo is is what everyone's trying to keep in 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 check, and nobody's taking chances. Nobody's, uh, you know, everyone's afraid to say, "Well, I have an idea," and then go and then go passion on it. You know, like it felt like I Titan learned. Titan crashing around wasn't it was the physical manifestation of that falling apart, and we sh- we didn't see it at the time, but I believe Titan failing for reasons that weren't. I know enough about that internal development to know that they weren't about the game, the gameplay, the vision, the the talent, the art, any of that. It was nothing to do with that. In the end, it came down to, do we pull a trigger on this massive thing and do we do it in the face of shareholders and all the money pressures? That wasn't there with WoW. With WoW, it was like, we're going to do this crazy-ass thing, everybody. Can you believe it? This was them going, we got to be careful, and is it going to cut under our own base? And eh. And that's why that game didn't happen. Blizzard could have polished it and gotten it right, but they didn't. And that's the first time where they didn't. They've canceled other mm. projects, but this is the first time where they were like, no, we didn't cancel this because we couldn't find the fun. We canceled it because we couldn't find the money in the eyes of the of the people in the in the most expensive suits. And it bums me out because I don't know how you get out of that. Ultimately. Well, it's a, it's a creative endeavor to make a game. So like you can't, go to a shareholder meeting and and you, you, you the game could fail i mean you can't anticipate what the thing's going to be you're giving birth to it you know like mm-hmm. uh, that's that's where that difficulty lies and that's i mean we go back to you remember the blizzcon where jeff was like i think it's a sequel like we're doing the, like when they first announced overwatch <laughs> 2 i don't know if you remember but yeah. jeff didn't give it exactly a confident like yeah this is what we're doing get behind it he was like it's a sequel <laughs> thing and it sort of jives up because I know the war I've, I've heard grubby talk about this where he had some in, you know, this is all hearsay, but the Warcraft reforged thing that they didn't know at that BlizzCon that they, the, the staff didn't know the developers didn't know about the release date. It was sort of, it was news to them at the BlizzCon. Mm. So, like, part of the, you know, because that's much maligned release, features didn't make it. They got blindsided at their event, too. And that just sort of smacks of, like, people making the money decisions, coming up with decisions about when things are going to happen, whereas the Blizzard philosophy is when it's done. Yeah. You don't hear when it's done so much these days with the company. Um, We are kind of getting that from Diablo 4, but I get the sense that that thing's got to come out. It has a sell-by date (laughs) because all their chips appear to be on it from what I can tell right now. Yeah, I don't think if that Um, thing's any later than 2022, uh, that would feel real weird to me because I just don't know what else they they can do. Maybe they thought, I don't know what they're, I honestly don't know what they're thinking. I Everything big in alpha their and mind, beta. Yeah, yeah. They're skating by on the Diablo 2 remaster, getting by maybe this year. And then I would bet that 
it is a mandate that Diablo 4 comes out next year. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Because they they seem to have a no, we need something launched at least yearly. We're not going to do any more of this. You didn't put anything out this year business. Like something's going to come out and I feel like Warcraft 3 Reforged was a victim of that. I feel like you know, I think the Diablo 2 remaster actually looks really great, but obviously bringing in a whole other outside studio to help with it, you know, that's a testament to how they want these things handled and canceling projects and going, no, you're all working on Diablo 4 now. You know, that's a testament to, no, get it done. Like, that's that's the attitude that it seems to be coming out of the company, and that's why I said, I, I don't want to make it sound like nobody cares at Blizzard anymore, because I don't think that's true. I, I think there's either. a ton yeah. of talented people that care very much there. Yep. But I think the overall corporate mandate at the top has shifted, and it is a different environment and a different company. Yeah, I, t- I, I think you said it really well. I think well that's put, it. Yeah. yeah, it's basically it. And it's it's going to be interesting to see if they just become, like in a post-Diablo 4 release world, I you know, what is, what is blizzard? Is it, is it just like, I've been coming to like, I want this to be clear on this show. And those who may be listening to us when we talk about this, this isn't a bash blizzard moment for us or any of that. Um, I don't see that as any of this, it's just coming to grips with, well, what is it? Because up till now it's a mix of fandom and special sauce and unique personalities and unique creative personalities over a long period of time making content that just hits on every level and shapes the gaming world in general. And it's possible we're, we're getting to a stage where that we can't say that anymore about Blizzard. Right. There's just another developer yeah. like, and, like any other. Yeah. And it might be okay that we can't, it might, we need to at least address the idea that it's maybe possibly okay that we can't entirely control that part of this narrative and make it what we want it to be. And it may just be a matter of, you know, a company going this long with this much success and with the, the market factors and the rest of the you know gaming world. They almost everyone owes something to Blizzard. I, I, you just go to the like a mobile app store, the just sheer number of shovelware that looks like Blizzard ripoffs of some kind. There's an orc. There's a human. There's a tauren. There's a straight up uh, art ripoff from right off the box of a Blizzard game. It's everywhere on an international level, that influence is so potent. You can't ignore it. It's like 98% of Dota. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And league and anything else. Like it's just, you know, and everyone's talking about how, how great stuff is looking at league these days. Like some of their, their art has taken a real jump. Their animation studio has taken a real jump. They released Zool recently. Yeah. They're, they did. They're all Pay a white guy in a vest. <laughs> they also hired all the Heroes of the Storm people. Well, like, that was my that was going to be my point. Like went. all the Blizzard people, a lot of the Blizzard talent ended up at Riot, and some of it over time, some of it as early as 2014 with with Greg Street leaving. Um, he may have been the first of what was to be many. Like I saw that as like a moment of, I don't know. I just felt like. That was also the Overwatch announcement year, which is which means they were still picking themselves up after what they saw internally as a massive failure with Titan. And that may have been when, you know, the alarms kind of started going off about this is a changing, evolving, fluid business. And you can't be Blizzard forever. The Blizzard we have in our heads cannot be possible forever. It's not it's not sustainable. Or if it is, it's not sustainable under other rules of finance, like massive partnerships 
uh, and huge portions of your company being owned by people you have no control over, the minute they are no longer just controlling their own destiny, and honestly, they've never quite been in a position to do that anyway, because even in their earliest days, they had investors that were basically owning the company, like majority shares. That's how businesses run. You can't, you don't just have all the money at once like Morheim does now to do Dream, Dreamhaven. But that's one of the cool things about watching this Dreamhaven stuff unfold. This is different this time. This is him saying, I don't need the investment. I don't have to use my credit cards to make sure everybody gets paid. I can get this done. And that's exciting in its own weird way. So maybe that that thing we're talking about is still there and it's somewhere else. But the the Blizzard thing is just, it's just different now. There's too many people involved. There's multiple countries involved. There's governments involved. Like you can't just, you can't be the old Blizzard where somebody says, you guys, what if we made a shooter? <laughs> or whatever, you know, I just can't see or them doing just it. Even anymore. the esports, like the esports walk walk back makes sense in that context, right? Right. They went so hard on like, yeah, esports, and all of a sudden it's like I'm watching Hearthstone with like only a couple thousand people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if, <laughs> it's yeah. not on Twitch, like they're they're esports, it's like it's barely existent. Yeah. It's uh, weird. Yeah, so. It's really weird to see him go from all hands esports to most of those people are fired and you don't hear about it anymore. Like it's just a, there's like barely any Starcraft to speak of Hearthstone's not there. Heroes is gone. I assume, I don't even know what's going on with overwatch. Like they had that studio. They're not doing that anymore. Are they? No, but they, they still have the, Oh, that's a good question. Do they still have that arena in Burbank? I don't know. I assume they probably do. I I thought I saw something about overwatch league coming back, but, not yeah. too long ago. It is. It, the league is coming studio. back, but not at the same level, like the same, you know, I mean, there's no way they don't have near the people anymore. It's like they, they fired most of that department. or not fired, laid them off. But yeah, not knowing enough info about that, I can't say totally. Yeah, but it just, so, yeah. it feels like in a weird way, like I used to say this about um, Kurt Schilling's 38 Studios. They tried to go from zero to Blizzard in a year. And that was a mistake. And I still say it was a mistake. Just throwing money to try to catch up in that way was a big mistake for them in 2008 and nine and 10 or whatever it was. But Blizzard almost made that same mistake, but kind of internally it's like half-assing reforged. And then they got to hire out to get resurrected done. And then, you know, Diablo immortal was such a, it fell so flat from a PR standpoint, just not knowing who your players are kind of thing. And, you know, Diablo four resurrected that a little bit, no pun intended, but it's just, I think that they're in a place right now where they're like not exactly sure what the F to do. Hmm. I could be wrong. I but. I think you just said the, the key that I feel has been the biggest disconnect from Blizzard in a while is they don't know who their players are. Like no. that has been the story for a long time with them. Like you go to BlizzCon and Scott, you and I could have said before that show where they announced Diablo Immortal. Yeah. What would the reception be if they announced a mobile game? And we could have said with 100% certainty they would get booze. Oh, yeah. And they seemed completely caught off guard by the fact that people would boo it. Yeah. And they don't they don't understand the players. And I kind of feel like the problems of the current WoW expansion is a case of them not understanding the the players. I I think Ian Hazacostas is a smart guy. I think he's a talented guy. But when you hear him talk about people, he talks about people like they are robots. Yeah. He, he he has a very like analytical like 
well, we did this because player response was this. And that increase told us that uh, player interaction with it. And it's like, what are you talking about? Just make a fun game. What are you doing? Like, it's it's baffling to me the way they talk about players sometimes um, and the things that they seem to get caught off guard by. Putting Destiny uh, announcements at BlizzCon. Yeah, Who would have thought that, that would have gotten a negative response? <laughs> Everybody in the crowd would have, yeah. but they were completely caught off guard. And I don't think everybody there is completely clueless, but I think that there are people making decisions that are either not listening to the people that are telling them what's going to be the result or they they're ignorant of it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just shocking the the level of PR problems that they seem to bump into that anybody could see is coming. Well, do they have do you think leadership wise does does jab? I mean, I, I just don't see anybody speaking up anymore. I think that's the problem. Nobody's like we're not there. So we can't say for sure. This is all speculation. All right. I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but some people are going to write it anyway. But my point is like. Does any like if if they would come with me to me with the destiny thing, and I'm in charge and I know Blizzard up and down in and out. This is back in more times Morheim's time still though, but I would have still said no. We can't do that. And if you are going to do it, you need to make sure that it's on you that you did it. Like that's where I feel like there were some conflicts like that where the Activision side and the Blizzard side were starting to not question each other with bad decisions and just go with it. And maybe they just never had to do that before, but they had to start doing that right around 2015 through 2018 is kind of the feeling I had uh, generally from being there. And, and that, that destiny thing to me was like the beginning when that happened, I went, Oh, what are we doing here? Like, and what's just hilarious because it wouldn't be too long before destiny broke free of Activision completely and left like a bat out of hell and remove themselves from the launcher. And all of that went away within like, what, a year after that? Something like yeah. that. And now they're on their own, publishing their own. They have no deal with Activision anymore because they, they were stifling there. That should have told us something. Uh, but also that just, and that was also, I think, 2018 when they did that. And that was the same year that they announced Immortal. And so we got that double whammy that year. And I just kind of just scratched my head. Like, really? You guys know this, right? I mean, I would have known this and I'm just playing your games. Like, it's like yeah. you it's like you said. So I feel like there's a lot of people going, do we? Well, I don't know. Should we? Well, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I don't know. Nobody's going, leadership, here's what you do. Here's how we're doing it. This is consistent. Nobody's doing that and putting their putting the, the law down because they're in a current position where everybody's sort of floating up in the same VP space and they all might get fired. That's how it feels. I could be wrong, but it's how it feels. They feels got like f- there's a lot of fear. There's yeah. a lot, lot of fear. There is a lot of fear. And we don't have to go on forever about Blizzard. But um, anyways, Jeff leaving makes me think of all those things. No, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all caught That's, up in to it. wrap it all up. It's just like you see another. You know, they lose another luminary. Like they're they're important. There's a reason Michael Jordan is stuck. You know, or Wayne Gretzky stick around on their franchises for a long time. It's a big deal when they change. Yeah. And Jeff Kaplan and et cetera are no different. Yeah, I agree. All right, we're going to move on to some Windows news. Shouldn't say news, sort of news. Um, Windows is overhauling its PC store. They want it to be more open. This is Microsoft we're talking about. Uh, They may include games with mod options, support for that sort of stuff. 
It sounds to me like they're saying more steam like <laughs> is kind of what they're saying. Um, the PC store, meaning I assume this means the Xbox store, the Game Pass store. Is that the one we're talking about? Or are we talking about uh, like the built in? No, we're store? talking about the the Windows store. The the if you click your start oh. button and you hit Microsoft <laughs> store, that Okay. That, well, that thing I never touched yeah. because yeah. it sucks and it's bad. Yeah. I it's mean they could totally I mean, they really didn't try, right? Like Sure. They could fix this and make it better. For sure. I, I'm not saying they couldn't do that, but what gamers are focused on right now is Game Pass and they are focused on that Game Pass launcher. And unless you're going to integrate the two, it's already confusing because there's two stores and a lot of those things appear in both places. It's goofy. Um so if they're saying <laughs> I don't know how they do that. I think this is I think this is weird. Um, as the much Windows as, Store gone? I can't even find it in my start menu. It's in there. Um, I don't have my no, Windows box. No, it's still up, there but, for me. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm, a big part of it, and this is getting maybe a little more technical, is uh, this article on The Verge pointed out, um, right now developers have to package their Win32 apps in a MSIX uh, to support the Windows update um, functionality of Windows, um, which is basically an additional step. Uh, in the future, they're going to allow standard uh, EXE or MSI packages through the store um, and let developers use their own content delivery systems. Um, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I'll give you an example. So there was a, there was a game that I was really kind of into for a little bit. I think it was called Neon Punk. Oh, Neon Punk. The show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, this roguelike kind of shooter game. And I started playing it. It was on Game Pass. That's that's why I was able to get in there. And I liked what I was playing, but I immediately said, this game has some serious issues. Like, there's some things that need to be fixed in this game. Not necessarily bugs, but just feels like the design behind a couple of these things were not very well thought out. Sure. And the, and the developers agreed because they implemented fixes for them, but they didn't want to do a bunch of little official patches they wanted to do one big test patch let people play on kind of like a test version of it uh give their feedback update that and then release a big patch to update everything yeah on steam you can download beta clients no such luck for microsoft store right so you can't opt in you can't get any sort of uh beta patch or anything like that to try anything there's just the one version of the game yeah an overhaul to the store theoretically would change something like that to where they could have a beta launcher for you to download or could support that sort of thing because they don't have to do additional work purely for the microsoft store version of the game at this i point. just think them having two launchers having a game pass for pc launcher and a windows store launcher with everything including other applications plus games is already confusing having them separated if you're going to really advance the gaming um buying options and all the stuff you're talking about in that store how do you also have this game pass store like i don't understand how they do that they gotta I think, integrate i think this thing exists for people who who don't know what Steam and Epic are essentially, or maybe don't have them in their country. But who are those people? Like, like who is it? Enough people that Microsoft would even care? Then, like, you know, well, just it's like mom and dad or whatever. Like, uh, oh, I got this computer. Oh, a store button. Oh, I can buy. Th- let me get my credit card. I'm going to play Manor Matters. <laughs> 
and try this game. Like, I think that's literally their client base. Like, anyone who knows anything is literally never coming here to buy anything, unless there's some reason I'm not thinking of. Like, install Epic, get your free game. Like, what are you doing here? If you know, if you know, like, anything about games, you're literally like, you know, something's out there and you don't even know there's a Windows store with options. I think it's literally very not advanced computer users it must be uh, it's people that don't know yeah. that there's a, another browser besides edge or whatever yes default exactly. stuff like i the first thing i do when i do a windows reinstall very first thing i do launch edge and in, in 10 and whatever browsers previous to that explorer or whatever but launch edge go to chrome.com or go to firefox.net or wherever else i want other browser i want download that shit and immediately change my default browser yeah, but yeah. old people yeah. aren't doing that I guess and, see like the game that's featured just a big picture the first thing it, yeah. you know Sherlock hidden match three cases yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that tells you everything you need to know about the audience uh, for yeah. their current best-selling games in the Windows Store Candy Crush Soda Saga Minecraft and Roblox oh, so oh, don't forget about Caesar's a, Casino free slot games oh. it is a different audience but I will say this Scott I think the hope is that by making it better, hopefully the elements of the store that Game Pass, that Game Pass app ties into would improve as well. That right. would be my hope. I don't know that that's going to be the case, but I do know that Game Pass, when it updates, it when it needs updates, it launches right into Windows Update and stuff like that. And yeah. that's where those updates are fed through. Sure. So if they can break away from some of that or some of the weirdness associated with that and their weird file formatting, that would be a net bonus to game pass as well yeah i agree if they can just you know whatever they do here there just needs to be some consolidation if they're going to advance one over the other or whatever or make them together some people in the chat are like i've never even used the game pass launcher it's all in the store so i guess you can do that but that's just it's kind of weird it's weird to have two why do you have two Get the Game Pass launcher. Yeah. It's way better than the it's store. It's way better That's than my the store. Advice. The, the 100%. app for Game Pass is actually pretty good. Yeah, so. it's good. Well, it didn't start great, but it's gotten way better. It's uh, stable yeah. now. and Integrate yeah. it. And then advertise your Xbox on there so that people will buy more of your stuff. That new, um, <laughs> um, Laura Ferrell says, MS Store was the only way I could get access to Age of Empires Remastered. I got it on Steam, so I guess I, I didn't know the MS Store was the only place to do it. But you can get it on the Game Pass app now. I have it over yep. there, too. And I'm getting four there. I can't wait to play four because here's what I'll do. Ready? Here, here's my Age of Empires four plan, which they showed off last week. Finally, it looks great. I'm a big Age of Empires guy. I love that stuff back in the day. Yeah, it looked cool. Aztecs all all the way in Age of Empires two. Anyway, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna load it up. I'm gonna start a game. Uh, I might do the campaign later, but I'm gonna skip the campaign. Go to go to a sandbox mode, and I'm gonna say, all right, I'm gonna have one enemy on this giant map. And he's going to be the lowest I can be on difficulty. He's going to be down in the shit AI department. And then I'm going to make it so I have a lot of money and a whole bunch of starting stuff and be able to just tech myself out any way I want. And I'm going to play that game because then what I do is I turtle up and play Civ, basically, is what I do. A giant RTS of Civ. I don't even worry about the army because those little piddly wiener boys that are the the AI are not going to do anything to my walls. They're just going to come out there once in a while and throw rocks at it, and I'll decimate them with like one trebuchet or whatever. That's how I play that game, and I'm very excited. Exactly how I play that game as well. (laughs) The only difference between what you described and what I do is I do a wall around my civilization. Yeah. 
Then behind that wall, every couple of spaces or so, I do the towers that can fire arrows down. You know, if anybody does decide to come up and attack my glorious right, wall. Right. And then on the off chance that somebody does manage to get through that wall, you know, late game when they tech up, I build a second wall behind <laughs> all those towers. So it's wall, towers, wall. Yeah. And then I just live my best life. And every now and then I hear the little like that we're under attack. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you uh, just put a couple of priests around to go, or whatever. And you're good. Yep. You're set. The wall's back. The wall's yeah. back, baby. It's ready to go. I think I have that guy here. Hold on. Do I have him handy? I, I went and capped him because he is my favorite of all um, ever. <laughs> Hold on. I want to play it because now I'm in the mood. Let's see. Whoa, low, low. If I can find it. Whoa, low, low. Um, here it is. Oh, now I can't. I mean, it's just priest. I never know what I name anything. Oh, here he is. Check him out. Oh my gosh, dude. The nostalgia I feel for that is palpable. Just hearing that dude. Yeah. Anyway, um, so watch for that. PlayStation Plus video pass leaked. We don't, uh, this is, no one saw this coming. Although, I don't know. I got, when I said, I heard somebody say a PlayStation Plus video pass leaked. And I went, video pass? A video of something called Pass? Like Game Pass? Oh, they're competing with Game Pass. No, that's not what that is. Uh, well, it could be. I mean, it in a way, we so we talked about this last week. I said, what does PlayStation do as an answer to Game Pass? Is yeah. it just like, well, it's Game Pass, but with different developers? Like, is that the answer? And I didn't really think about this, but it looks like this might end up being part of it, which is basically Sony has a whole movie studio. So maybe as a part of whatever uh, they have this PlayStation plus video pass, that has gone live in Poland, I believe mm -hmm. and they think it might be a test market. Yeah. Uh, but basically you have it and then you get to watch Sony movies. Yeah. As best part of it. You got, you got access to Sony movies. So it's so, sort of like video streaming mixed in. And I guess that kind of makes sense if you're going to be a, if you have a movie studio and that sort of thing and you're trying to compete with Game Pass, bring in everybody. Don't make it just about video games. Bring in everything. Right. I don't know if that ultimately nets a like, oh, it's sold for me. But, uh, you know, I saw Venom. It was an entertaining movie. I don't know if it sells me on Video Pass. So. <laughs> well, OK, if you look at it. uh the well, they just signed a deal with Disney Plus to put all the Spider-Man movies on Disney Plus. So I don't know what deal they worked out there, but that's going to be a thing where Disney gets all the Spider-Man stuff. Um, but if you if you look at the landscape of new competing streaming services, you have HBO Max and Paramount Plus and um, the new um, what was the other? Oh, Peacock and just like, all these new things cropping up. Everybody, every big library holding production freaking monster brand name like that has a competing streaming service right now except for sony sony yeah. pictures doesn't have this thing they owned crackle but sold it they've had little bits of stuff here and there where they partner with somebody but they don't have their own thing so i feel like this is that this is them saying well let's leverage our biggest strength which which is playstation um and let's do it but this concerns me slightly because they they had a pretty good thing going with their live TV thing, 
PlayStation TV was was I think the best of all of those like live channel subscription services. It was awesome, and they canned it. They shit canned it. So I'm not that yeah. I'm not that convinced that this will stick, even if even if it's real. Well, it is real, but you know who knows what they're going to do with the test. Uh, but I think that's what this is. This is their way of going. Yeah, our whole library is on here, and we'll have yeah. an app on Apple TV and on Roku too. It's not just going to be on PlayStation, and you, it'll call it'll be called PlayStation Video pa- uh, Video Pass, and it will annoy the hell out of everybody because that name's dumb. But it's fine. It'll probably be overpriced. Probably for what's on it. Probably. I mean, we don't know much else, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, they got to do some stuff in general just to get people excited about subscriptions over there because, uh, you know, everyone's eating their lunch. If it's Sony Pictures or, or PlayStation, they're just kind of getting getting hammered in that one. They're going to have the most exclusives ever of all time. You think so? It, That's the it, last thing I read. It's frustrating anyway. because <laughs> Sony should be better at this. Yeah. Like, they have... I would say maybe second to, well, this will be controversial, but I would say second to Nintendo, they probably have the best library of classic games, and they do offer a lot of those through PlayStation Now, but I don't want to stream it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to just go, hey, I really need to play Chrono Cross. It's been too long since I played that game. I need to play it again. I'm going to go, I'm going to download it, and I'm going to play it. And I don't want to have to stream it. I just want to download the game and play it. Agreed. And I would pay for a subscription to be able to do that sort of thing. Yep. But they don't want to sell it. They don't want to do they don't want to do that. They seem to have this weird fixation that nobody cares about old games, which is not true. And that PlayStation Now covers that base, which it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't do what I need it to do. Totally. Agree. So I I I find it so frustrating because Sony has this great history, this great library. They have their video. They have a history with music, all sorts of stuff that they could leverage. And they just seem to be like, I don't know, we'll remake Last of Us and do really strong PS5 exclusives. All right, Sony. Well, I still don't have a PS5. You got to step it up a little more. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm in the same exact boat. And I agree with all that. Um, I think they do have the second best library in gaming and the only other thing I'd compare it that would say uh, contrary to that would be like PCs because PCs have just such yeah. a breadth of like indie content and everything in between and the sum of the same content. So, so if we're not including them, we're just saying consoles and older games from consoles. Sony's got the second place. I don't know what's wrong with them with this. I don't understand it. It's very weird. I don't know if it's an infrastructure thing or if it's just a cost of value thing or if they're just like, look, we make enough on our new epic releases that are amazing and they are um and so we don't need to worry about it but i don't know if that's going to be true for forever so yeah we'll 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 see how that plays out uh hey bo yes um well like for example john if i wanted to play uh sony's uh the show mlb the show i could oh wait i can get that on game pass today became such a troll i know that's very people are gonna think we're owned by microsoft i know for, i know, I know. people are gonna that get a exact shit for that. comment but we can't avoid it because we're gonna talk about it more <laughs> later and i won't lie it was maybe 70 percent of the reason i decided to do it there you go it was for it was easily 70 percent for me uh, or more um all right sorry bo back to you uh how yeah. do you, how do you feel right. you're uh, we're gonna we're gonna blow some of this news early uh bo's getting a xbox series <laughs> s it's on its way now? we're gonna blow bo uh it's gonna be great oh, it'll be oh. on camera 
He's getting a, a Xbox Series X S. Yes, the purchase has been made. The yeah. delivery is in. I just don't have it here. I had it delivered to my mom's house. So oh. I got to pick it up where my mom's going to drop it off tomorrow evening. Oh, she's got the and she has the console now. We have it. It was really quick. I ordered it Wednesday. It hit the hit the house Thursday. Nice. How'd you <laughs> do it? Where, Tuesday. Where'd you get Thursday. it? Where'd you get it? Uh, from a place in Canada called The Source. The Source. Um it, wow. Yeah, it used to actually be called Radio Shack, but I think it was a Canadian Radio Shack. <laughs> what? That's only funny because where John and I live in the States, Radio Shacks, you could hit a Radio Shack by closing your eyes and spitting in any direction. Yeah, like so that's why I, I, I'm hesitating to bring it up because I think there was a Radio Shack in Canada like in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And you guys had Radio Shack in the States. Yeah. And I think either the can't they were both owned by the same company that got sold off, or they just decided to change your name due to legal spatting or something. Sure. But it became the source. So they're just think Radio Shack in every mall, but they're called the source. They sound better. I think it's the full name is the source by Circuit City, but maybe that's really wrong. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's another name I, I have not I heard. Know. Go to the source.ca. Wow. All right, hang on. That's cool. No, Formerly like- Radio Shack, the source, brought to you by Circuit, Circuit City, City, sponsored by yeah. Compu maybe the Circuit USA. City is just something that not doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Brought to you. Never by mind that part. Ultimate electronics. A weird yeah. part of my brain. Well, everything you mentioned um, though is gone here. We don't have any of those parent companies anymore. So you guys, the source, figured out a way. I, don't know. I, I think it's owned by Bell now, or so. who knows? Okay. And they're everywhere, and they're kind of crummy. You know, they're not great, but you know, they have the kind of connectors and parts you're looking for pretty convenient (laughs) so they're nice anyways on the xbox site they tell you which retailers have it and as it turns out a couple of retailers got some s's in no x's but they got the s's in and like you know what i can't wait any longer i'm getting this thing so what if it's the s version it's okay it seems great to me has ray tracing it seems fine yeah my daughter loves her (laughs) s she's super yeah yeah. It's it seems fine. So and you know, I'm spending less money, so that's great. So I ordered it. And um yeah, Walmart had them, but they were gonna deliver them in like six weeks. It was like oh, estimated geez. date of arrival, like May tenth. And this was early April, and I'm like well, I don't want it a Walmart. month from now. So yeah. I went to the source yeah. and they're like, Yeah, we'll get it to you by Friday. And they delivered it a day early. So I'm pretty pleased about that. They're the source. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Got it's got a great name. Like the problem is the name is too good yeah it's almost like, too good saying i got it from the source you're just like <laughs> wow where'd you get your console yeah. i got it from the source it's, that's the thing in a lot of video games video games would be like you know it's their version of the force you know it's like oh you've got source material from <laughs> the, the you know the the crystal cave <laughs> like, it sounds like you know yeah. source source the power yeah. of the source the crystal um yeah anyway it's well, too bad great. they don't call their employees you know how like some places call their employees cell ebrides shut up yeah that's is a that real tr- thing i think true? that's that old navy or something like oh that. oh my god yeah, yeah yeah like a lot of or barista at I, starbucks well, that i've like heard yeah. mcdonald's guy oh i shop. just got cell ebrides yeah cell ebrides so cell <laughs> ebrides you know they give them names they should call people that work at the source sorcerers like sorcerers uh, Source great. is a big thing in Divinity too. That's what. That's why it's ringing. That's bells, great. That's a great source. idea. 
I love that yeah, idea. You should call them sorcerers. Yeah. I should write them and tell them they're really messing up. Well, the whole the the whole point here is that you're going to now because you'll I assume you're going to get Game Pass because Game Pass makes sense. I have it on PC. Like I think it's transferable. Yeah, like, it totally think, is. So you'll be able yeah. to do that. And the good news is it also comes with EA Game Pass. That's okay news. But the better news is for some reason EA is retrofitting all not all a ton of their games their back catalog. And giving them better frame rates and next gen improvements just for the heck of it. Sweet. So nice. uh, they did this first. It seemed like the experiment was Star Wars Redhead Man. What was that called, John? <laughs> Redhead. Star Wars. No, you got Redhead it. Redhead. Yeah, you got it right away. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Jedi Order. Jedi Fallen Order. Right. That guy. <laughs> Attack of the Redhead Man. <laughs> Attack of the Redhead guy. He that game came out and was okay on there, but they they updated it and it looks insane on there now. Like it's real pretty running at 120 frames per second if you have a TV that'll support it. And if not, 60, you'll, you'll definitely get 60. But uh, most of their games, like one of, one of the big stinkers of their libraries is that uh, I played it on PC, so it didn't matter. But um, uh, Titanfall 2, I think, mm-hmm. I think to this day, I'm still pretty sure it's my favorite all-time campaign in a shooter ever. I really do think I that. I still have to play that. Is that on Game Pass? Yes. Uh, oh, you know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's getting a huge uptick, up upgrade, which makes me want to go yeah. back and play some of that multiplayer too. So anyway, it's really and, cool to uh, hear this. I wonder if Mass Effect the I'd even buy that. I'd play it on the Xbox too, maybe. The well, Mass I, oh, the remastered? The remaster will be yep. will be those like, are that's well, definitely it'll happening. probably be that that'll be that like you need the EA premium play. Power. Maybe I'll just buy it at full box price, so I don't have to worry about that stuff. Like, no. it's not like I'm never going to buy a game for the Xbox, but you know, when I stacked it up because I was going to get a Switch, it's like <laughs> Switch is like, well, I'm going to spend eighty on Smash, eighty on Zelda, eighty on Mario. Where I'm like, I'm going to be spending a lot of money. I'm, you know, the game. I already have the Game Pass. Let's rock that. So Dwight Schrute in the chat says, "I hear you can romance yourself in the remaster." Uh, I don't think I, that's true. Number I one, I didn't but, need to be remastered <laughs> to romance myself, Dwight Schrute. No, but I'm going to say this: that is the most Dwight Schrute ass thing I've read in this chat room today. Like the actual <laughs> I hear you can romance yourself as the remaster. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, it really does. I can see it. Yeah, hundred percent see it. You nailed it. Well done. Um, anyway, that's good news, and I hope this goes uh, happens for their sports games. I love their hockey games, but they're locked at 30 currently on current gen well on last gen consoles and that version has not been uncapped so a frame rate uncapping of like the latest hockey game would be fantastic i would love that so make that happen yeah anyway it seems like it's gonna be a good time i'm gonna probably not see a lot of sunshine this weekend no i'm excited for you dude stoked actually yeah we should you know what we should do mm. we should have an xbox party well, you, I mean, you know, the last Xbox I bought was the Xbox 360. Well, it's that's the last console I bought. I'm stoked. I'm actually getting a game, video game. Yeah, box. like a real it's one. Um, uh, we yeah. could play that. Um, what's it called? That new shooter everyone loves. Uh, Outriders. Outriders. Yeah, we give that a shot. Yeah. Try some of that multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, let me refund that on my Steam. I have still only played an hour of it. <laughs> oh yeah, you can totally refund it. They'll hook you up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's on Game Pass, and actually, we're almost to the month up where they get that's on Game Pass PC as well, so you could jump back and forth, I guess. Ooh. Yeah, so that's good. Oh, it's got crossplay, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's happened yet, uh, but it was supposed to happen. Um, originally, it was supposed to be Game Pass PC day one, but they had such strong response on Steam. They were like, let's get some of the Steam money, and let's get some of this Epic <laughs> money, and then we'll 
Then we'll put it on Game Pass. Crossplay enabled. Yep. Uh, what else? There was something else about it. Oh, and all your cross progresses back and forth. Like you know, all the stuff you'd expect is there. Um, well, it's a cool awesome. game. I dig it. And they have uh, Ubisoft subscription available on there too. Right? Uh, so I have to get back to Valhalla at some point. They do, but yeah. If you already have the sub, I forget how this works with them. Wasn't there? There was also a rumor that they were going to just be a part of Game Pass. That didn't happen, but... Well, yet. I thought maybe they were just including it in the ecosystem, but it'd still be a separate buy. We'll see. When I get it, I'll report back. I can't remember. There's something like that going on. That I was a that, really expensive sub, I think. I think it was like... I'll say it was like $20. It's 15 here, so yeah. It's pretty. It's got to be about 20 or 25 It's pretty pricey there. for Canada. Just They have a lot of games, but it's still on the Ubisoft stuff, yeah. but... Yeah. I did want to keep playing Valhalla, but it, awesome. it was getting to the point where it'd be cheaper just to buy the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, chat room asks about controller or keyboard. I really like controller on uh, Outriders, personally. It's got a Gears feel, and Gears yeah. is pretty sweet with a controller. Yeah, it's so, third, third person, and I often prefer third person. Yeah. Actually, I kind of like a lot. I like a lot of shooters with, with controllers. I don't know what my problem is. I don't have a problem with it. For Depends campaigns, it is. it's nice. Competitive stuff. Now we're talking a different animal, and I feel like yeah, it'd probably be yeah. better. But if I'm just playing, like, on the PC, I played Titanfall 2 controller only the whole time and loved it. If it's PvE hey, Scott, stuff, controller's great. Yeah. Did Did you play the uh, current best MMO uh, Final Fantasy? Did you play that with a controller? <laughs> did you do mouse and keyboard? For um, I tried. Uh, that's funny you asked, John. The current best. I uh, know You mixed your names up. The current best MMO that uses a controller is uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. And I used it there as well. So here's what I did. Back when, uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in FF14, I did try the controller because I just wanted to see. And I think that works fine. It seems fine. It's not my prefer. If I'm at a PC, I don't think I'm going to do that by default because MMOs just have a lot of freaking buttons going on. And yes, you can find ways to create all the rotations and do it. And lots of people do. PlayStation 4 and now 5 has a great version of Final Fantasy 14, and people play it all the time. I think most of their players are there, actually. So that's great and not a problem. I decided to try it also on ESO. It also works really well for the game, but I still prefer that game without it as well. Same thing. So, So the answer is MMOs, I don't know what that is. It's totally playable. And if they can get ESO to be account agnostic and uh with this microsoft buy it seems like it's likely that we'll be able to play i'll play my pc version and pick it right up on the console if i want to right now those are separate ecosystems let's drop into a fetch quest and right then go play some outriders for both of those games by the way for eso and ff14 they're not cross compatible with their pc counterparts i think that should change and that would be really cool if they did because i would jump back and forth no problem and sitting on a couch i want a controller if you did it would be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Cross-playing ESO would be amazing, Lyle. I hope they do that. Because well, one cool thing about ESO is no no servers and realms to choose. You're all on one giant freaking thing. They figured out a way to do it. And Is it a lack of players? <laughs> no, it is not a lack of players. People are everywhere in that game all the time. Oh, okay. And uh, John, by the way, we should probably mention that John and I are continuing our real fake beef uh mmo beef i call it the clones worlds because they're both clones of wow so it's the clone wars sorry 
That's uh, why I call it the one. Clone of them's a little more clony than the other, but I take your meaning. Yeah, I get it. But see what I did. Just I mean, there? I mean it jokingly and not derisively. No, none of us, none of us mean any of this derisively. So, um, but the point is, it's good fun, and we're enjoying it, and we're going to keep doing it. But, um, but yeah, like they, their whole thing at launch was like, look at us. We're like, we're like Eve Online, one big server. Let's go. And I think it really is a bunch of servers, but they just kind of create a system that makes it so they create the effect of one giant server and in some ways you could argue wow already does that with all the crossplay it does with mega servers and stuff anyway point of the matter is uh i want all that stuff to be multiple console multiple whatever i think wow should be on consoles i think that'd be great well um, chad is giving a slight correction final fantasy 14 is crossplay somewhat uh so the license for the game is not which means you would have to buy it on a different console but your account is crossplay so once you have bought it and logged in, you would then be playing. Oh, character. so you buy it in both places, but you, but you can play your, you can pick up wherever you're playing and and play. Okay, that's cool. That's actually really cool. I didn't know they did that. The uh, ESO is definitely two different, two separate uh, things. So the way I would spin that in a positive way, just to keep the beef up with John, would be to say. Um, <laughs> You know, it keeps all the riff those console riffraffers out. You know, you uh, you get yeah. to stay with your PC yeah. elites and and the oh, console yeah, people. Pure. Yeah, it's a pure, it's a pure, you know, master pure race PC, PC thing. Exactly. So there's my answer to that. Somehow that's positive. Um, <laughs> yeah, somehow if you yeah, just look at it, long that worked enough. out really well. Um, anyway, it's uh, that's fascinating stuff to me. And uh, watch for more about Bo's experience as soon as he gets it. But now. It's time for a Dear Martha Steam review. Yes, oh, that's right. Joy. John it's Scou- that time again. John scours so- Steam for weird reviews and then puts them to work here on the show. John, I assume this is a standard uh, reading today. It's a, it's a standard Martha. All right, it's sweet. A- well, I have the music for that for sure. So here it is. Enjoy the following review. My dearest Martha. Today I present to you a review of the game Niflheim, which is not the current popular Valheim game, but a different one, as I found out after I spent some time with it. Anyway, on with the review. Martha, I want to love this game, but in the end, the hunger got to me. 99% of the game is trying not to get hungry. If the food items gave more satiety, I looked up how to say that earlier, and I forgot since then, it would, make, it would make this game playable. But right now, no matter how much food I eat, a few swings of the pick in the mines, and blam, hungry again. <laughs> the rest of the game is pretty good, but you can't enjoy any of it because you are always hungry. Yours in this life and the next. Double D. Uh, I love that. What's that word again? Tell me that word again. It's like sedate. Or not sedate. Like you're you're satiated. Satiated, right? It's S-A-T-I-E-T-Y. Satiety. It's the state of being sated. Yeah, it's yeah. like sa- sa- satiation. Got it. 
All right. So, yeah. So, so, yeah. Who uses that in a Steam review? That guy. Apparently, Double D. <laughs> that guy. That guy did. Yeah. And I looked it up because I was like, is that a real word or is that a Steam user word? Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. It's a real word. I better learn how to say it so I don't mess up the dear Martha. <laughs> and that was hours ago. And that was... I couldn't re- I couldn't remember it. Well, I enjoyed that the review was all hanging on the hunger aspect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ty- uh, oh, it's, already- and, uh, it's not Valheim. He found out after how many hours. <laughs> no kidding. Artemis Tigris in the chat says uh, he has a title idea. He or she. Uh, we live in a in a society or so, so now I don't know how to say. So, it we live in a satiety. 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 Uh, we live in a satiety. We're going to use that for our title today. So nice job. Uh, all right, that was awesome as always. And now this: the games we played. I won't go on forever, but I played a lot of Elder Scrolls Online, and I finally got to some stuff everybody been telling me forever was great, and I just needed to play through it. I got to the uh, Dark Brotherhood stuff, and it is good. It's just so well dark, for lack of a better term, but also really. D&D-ish and roguish and I'm stealing stuff and assassinating people and just rad stuff going on in that storyline. And the Did you do that ESO way where you got to sneak into people's houses and literally murder them? Some of it, yeah. Uh, some of yeah. it's out in the open and you got to try to you got to try to do it in a way that no one else sees you do it and then quickly, you know, kill them and get out of there. Like there's a lot of that sort of stuff in some of those missions, but it's basically a, another uh, experience slash um not, I guess it's kind of like a, a reputation system with them, except um, every day you're, you're, you're unlocking, well, you're getting, you're getting uh, skill points and other stuff and unlocking uh, stuff in a skill tree. That's just for them that mm-hmm. can give you a whole bunch of new abilities and stuff. So especially if you're playing a rogue or something or a roguish character with dual wielding or even a uh, bow or whatever, there's just a lot of cool stuff in there for those folks. I'm playing a magic caster and don't really need any of that so much some of it some of the passives are good but um for the most part i'm just really enjoying the story in there and they just the aesthetic of it is so my jam i just love just the dark D quality to everything it feels like diablo style dungeons and uh the place where you meet these guys and get the quests it's just this rad hole in the rock that looks like nothing to anyone else but you go in there it's this opulent candle lit just a bunch of dudes sneaking around with hoods talking shit it's just great uh, I will say this, Dragon Beef aside. <clears throat> yeah. Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood. Yeah. Universally the best stuff in any and all Elder Scrolls games. Agreed. Agreed. It it is always good. Yeah. It makes me feel like like somehow deep down that's just what's in Bethesda's soul because right. every single game but those to bring are, those to, tend to be the landmarks. I, I I agree, and all and and it's here in in droves. This, of course, you know the world set three hundred years before, uh, you know, Skyrim and freaking um, all that stuff. And uh, it's so it's a different organization, and so it's got some fun twists to it. Um, you know, it's in a time where things are just a little bit different. Anyway, I really like those nuances. The VO is as that game is always just over the top amazing. Um, John, John teases me that it's stunt casting, but man, if you can get Bill Nye and that, uh, what's his name, Peter Stormare and these people in the same room yelling at each other about their different kingdoms, it's just badass. It's so well done. It's a hundred percent stunt casting, but they are so good that it can, 
you know, fine. And like, every you know, quest like, has got t- voice. All of it. Every answer, every extra click to say, tell me more about you and your time here. All of it is voiced. All of it sounds like it's pro out of the thing. I know that does not a perfect game make, but man, it really adds a lot of flavor and spice to this to this experience. Um, I mean, me yeah. calling it stunt casting is like saying, hey, ice cream isn't great for you. Like, that's true, <laughs> but it doesn't make ice cream not delicious. Right. You know, so right. it's fine. I'll remember this next time I click on the guy that plays Dumbledore and then move over to the guy, um, to John Cleese, who plays another character, and I'll, I'll be talking to him soon. Uh, there, There is that kind of casting throughout this game, but... Isn't that just like jealousy because your game, everyone just goes, ah. <laughs> yeah, there's well, a lot of uh, the entirety and, uh, of dragon beef between Scott and I could be described as, isn't it just jealousy? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I can see that. They're both, they both look awesome to me as someone sitting between us is like, well, there's a cool screenshot. Now there's another cool screenshot. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat, Lyle, corrected me. It's a thousand years before Skyrim. I, I mix it up. I think Old Republic is 300 years. I always forget. Whatever. The timeline. They're in a whole different era, whole different epoch of the world of Tamriel uh, over there. But anyway, and the game, yes, the game has always had, those games have always had stunt casting. Patrick Stewart was in um, Oblivion. Uh, Mm -hmm. Was it Christopher Plummer in the last one or in Skyrim? I don't remember. Anyway, and then they stunt cast. Here's the real stunt casting, John. The guy that goes, oh, how many times have you been up here in Durfador before I took an arrow to the knee or whatever? That one actor... (laughs) who you hear uh-huh. all the time in Skyrim, that dude is in this yeah. all the time. Oh, usually, yeah. usually a Nord, but you know, he's in it. Um, yeah. And Liam O'Brien is every five feet. I swear. Everyone I talk to is Liam um, doing some of his best work. It's just great. Anyway, the game is rad. And what I like about it is partly that these two games, the two we're talking about today our beef are so different that they just scratch two totally different itches. And I love that they do that. Um, yeah. The other thing is dragons in Final Fantasy 14 look like stubby dogs and they're terrible. So there's that. Uh-huh. So I just want to get that part out of the way. Little stubby little French poodles with like shitty big heads and they look like a moth had sex with a with a Frenchie. It's just bad. They're, they're horrible. <laughs> so that's my problem there. Okay. Outside I don't know. Of that, Here's what I don't get is why uh, when you compare your worms, because uh, let's be clear, they're missing two legs, so therefore not dragons. Uh, <laughs> when you compare your worms to the Final Fantasy dragons, you're always like, oh, it's such stubby legs. How do they not fall over? You're missing two arms. I've got way more support <laughs> on my stubby little dragon legs than you do missing them. If your worms lift up their arms, unless they start flapping, they're going to face plant right into the dirt so you don't like dragons in uh anything then other than the dragons in final fantasy because what you've described this this poor missing second pair of limbs seems to be exclusive to asian mmos and and never in anything like game of thrones no that's a hundred percent not true the sleeping beauty dragon head (laughs) let's look I believe you. I do. Sleeping Beauty? Uh, but Sleeping Beauty was made at a time where nobody knew what the F they were doing. Like, No, I would actually say that the dragon from Sleeping Beauty is one of the most quintessential dragons that ever existed. Let me look at Here's this Here's a thing. bold statement. 
Okay. The dragon in Sleeping Beauty is, first of all, it's the first dragon that many people saw being a children's movie, an old children's movie. And I think it has one of the coolest and most quintessential dragon looks out there. And yes, it has four legs and wings. Okay, well, wait. So do the... So do the game. So do some of the dragons in 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 uh, ESO. They're not all missing their two front legs and just and just walking around on their on their wing arms. That that. All right. Well, the one I saw was walking around <laughs> on. <laughs> You're right. There are there there are examples of quote unquote worms or drakes or whatever you want to call them that don't have the thing. And you're right. I'm gonna. Get, here's where we agree. That dragon is badass. From that. Isn't movie. it a cool dragon? It really it's is cool. cool yeah. Here, chat. Let's let's all be reminded. I don't know. The gold standard for me was the Dragonlance cover art for oh, yeah. dragons. That was good. D and D art. Yeah, that stuff's really good. I guess they I'm just were, not it, these top heavy freaking elephant Titus looking ass weird things that they have in Final Fantasy are just they rub me wrong. I don't know what those are about. But they all look different, Scott, is the thing. Like, yeah, I will give you the one you were talking about that you met that didn't bother me at first. Yeah. Now that I've seen better dragons and now I have to go back and talk to that dragon again, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a messed up looking dragon. <laughs> it's like if the very first person you saw was a little fugly and then you were like, well, no, that's just how people look. Yeah. And then you met a bunch of other people and you went back, you were like, yeah, he was funny looking. You know, like if Steve Buscemi was the first person Person in this world you ever saw yeah you just go you know it's fine <laughs> and then you meet other people and you're like oh he's funny looking steve buscemi's the first guy you ever saw i love the idea that i've never seen anybody else except very first face i ever see steve buscemi that really does set the bar God, that would it? be a, that'd be a traumatizing thing i think it no set the bar steve, way down but... here and then immediately you'd see somebody else and think what magical being is this <laughs> Yeah, like Henry Cavill's the second person you see. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> like elves are real. Oh. Oh, that's so that's funny amazing. to me. That's really uh, funny. A witcher. Uh, but yeah, like they're just, they look like they're all, they just eat Cheetos and they just lay around and you add more shit on their head and that somehow makes them cool. I don't know. They're just not my thing. And besides, if I agreed with you, we wouldn't have dragon beef. So here we are. Yeah. Dragon here beef is fun. Uh, Kefix, Kelf- I've seen both those trailers and they're badass. They're great. I like everybody's CG trailers. All the MMOs out today that everyone likes and enjoys their CG trailer work. Pfft, best we've ever seen. Love the ESO stuff. Man, love WoW stuff. A, love it all. I, I don't know if this is true. Uh, don't necessarily give spoilers in the chat, but I feel like, so I got to the end of the base level Heaven's Ward this week in Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm. I have a feeling there was like a post credit scene that revealed something about those CG trailers that's kind of mind-blowing. Like, I never thought the CG trailers were going to mean anything to me. Yeah. But I kind of feel like there was a big reveal involving the CG trailers. Is Cloud there? Is that what's going on? Cloud no, shows up. Cloud okay. wasn't there. I wish he was there. Yeah. Cloud's great. Cloud's pretty great. I, yeah. You know what I hate about Final Fantasy VII Remake? What? Here's a real beef. Okay. <laughs> that, that game made me like Final Fantasy VII because now you <laughs> say things like Cloud, and I'm like, yeah, Cloud. Yeah. Ugh. That's right. Before, I used to hate Final Fantasy VII. Now I'm all character. on board. Yeah. yeah. Bo has that. I feel like Bo had a hand in this, just helping you get on board and feel better about it it's a good game it's just legendary it's not i I didn't try to convince anyone it's just hard not to speak with that game with reverence that it's you know like it's (laughs) It's a moment in time it's just how it is yeah yeah i feel you you really do need to play final fantasy 7 remake scott i'm gonna 
I'm going to play it. I really, truly am going to play it. They keep, when's that PC version? I thought we were at the point that would be out. What's going on? PC well, version. It's working on new content for the PS5 version. I think it's yeah, been more than a year since it last came out, I think. Okay, here we go. PC Magazine or PCGamer.com says, this is as of February of this What's year. A magazine? PC ver- release t- uh, date has not been com- uh, uh, confirmed yet, but here's the details. Ba 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 ba. Uh, seven months is what they originally said. Yeah, it's been that. It's easily been that. So I, yeah, the release date was April 10, twenty twenty. So we're at a year. Hello, where's the game? Yeah, this is not hard to port, you guys. And uh, Square Enix does tons of PC stuff. So what's the deal? Yeah, I guess it started around the time the pandemic started. Eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want it. I want to play it. I remember. Wow, that actually was a full year ago. Damn, time goes by fast. Is that new Battle Royale game out yet? When's that happening? The Final Fantasy VII-themed Battle Royale I heard about. Have you heard about this? Uh, this I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no. FF7, what's it called? They showed it at their showcase. <laughs> I believe it could be a thing, but I don't remember anything about it. They had a little showcasey thing. Here it is. It is called uh, Final Fantasy VII. Is a, it's a prequel. It's a Battle Royale. It's called... FF7, the first soldier. Oh, it's mobile. Never mind. Oh, that's why. I, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, comes in 2021 sometime. Uh, you run around in third person and shoot shit and not, try not to die. But it's set in that, you know, it's set in that, that particular Final Fantasy biome. Uh, so everyone looks, you know, it's gun swords and it's all that shit. Anyway. Man, that sucks. It's been over a year. Yeah, Imagine I know, I agree. not buying it and waiting. I agree. Um, I've also been playing uh, I, I almost exclusively ESO. It's just really got me in my veins right now. Um, American Fugitive on Switch. When I'm not around my computer, if I'm in a place where I can play a quick game on the road, on the run, I play that. And it's uh, just the, the quick on it. I did a full review on the Boop Show, so you can go listen to that if you want to hear the whole skinny. But it's basically the old GTAs, like think GTA 1 and 2, top-down kind of heisty open world stuff. Um, it's one of those, but it's set in the country and not a city and the camera and it's nice graphics. It's not like eight bit or whatever. It's like a nice, you know, three quarter view 3d game, but done with a high camera or whatever. And you run around and do GTA type type stuff. You got out of prison. Your father was killed. Everyone thinks it was you. Now you're on the run again. So you're changing outfits, beating up cops, taking their guns, stealing cars, GTA stuff. Uh, I like it a lot. American Fugitive is a indie game, and I think those guys killed it. It's very good. Is, is that what I saw you posting on Twitter or about with that cop? <laughs> yeah, dude. Over the place? Yeah, did you yeah. see that? <laughs> it was bad. It well, was... he stopped the car. It's like, Dick, stop pushing my car around and I'm get out. <laughs> yeah, he pushed me forever, and he kept saying, stop the car. And I'm like, I'm on my he side. Crashed you into a house. <laughs> yeah, it all felt a little too uh, ripped from the headlines, if you ask me, but it was... Uh, it, the game's full of that that kind of fun jank in it and um dumb moments like that. It's on PC as well, and I think PlayStation and Xbox have it as well now. But it's a cool, it's a like really it. cool take on that stuff. If you miss those early GTA days that weren't necessarily what they are now, um, I meant to play MLB the Show, so I'm glad John did because I want to hear how that game is. John, how do you feel about sports baseball today, having played it? Uh, it's a little weird. Um, I won't lie. I downloaded it and played it mostly because it was a Sony game on my Xbox, which seemed like a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I, something that I had to do. 
Yeah. So uh, I did. And it's, you know, I guess for for the sake of understanding where I'm coming from, I haven't really played a, a baseball game on a console since or really enjoyed it, I should say, since like the Griffey games on Nintendo consoles. So certainly um, not I, since they've gone all 3D and realistic and stuff, right? Yeah, not yeah. not really. Right. It just hasn't hasn't been my thing since then. Um, so this game does offer a lot of ways to kind of make the experience more like that, um, where, you know, you can do the same batting style that was in those and you can do, you know, you can kind of set how automatic you want the fielding to be like there, there's a lot of options where it goes through and it says, Hey, what style do you want to do? Do you want to do modern? Do you want to do classic? Do you want to do this other one? Do you want to make it automatic? So I, I kind of like a lot of the options that they're giving you. Um, I haven't played much of it because there were kind of two things that I, uh, two big takeaways that I had. Yeah. Uh, one is that I'm not good at this game. <laughs> it was, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So it was a lot of me not hitting the ball and striking out or, you know, foul tips and, or just like big pop-ups that got caught mm-hmm. and then me pitching no hitters in return. Cause apparently I'm good at pitching. Yeah. And so like a baseball game, it was a lot of nothing, 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 yeah. nothing, nothing. And I got about six innings in and went, I'm very bored. <laughs> and I, uh, I stopped playing at that point. Oh man. All um, right. Because I'm just not very good at it. But the other big takeaway from it is that I'm surprised that it doesn't look very good. And maybe it's just a misconception I have, but I always thought like sports titles were like racing games and it was like, here's a showcase of the power of your system. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not saying it looks bad. I'm just saying that I looked at it and went, huh, I expected this to look a lot better than it does. The reviews the reviews have been good. saying this across the board for both the PlayStation or yeah, PS5 and this version. They've basically said, look, if you were looking for and naturally, I think, looking for an upgrade for next gen systems in a meaningful way, that they don't really do it. It's sort of like last year's, maybe a better frame rate, but it looks kind of the same. As well. I mean, I and I get it in some places. So the first part where I went, whoa, what's going on here was uh, I was picking my stadium that I was going to play in. Yeah. And I just didn't understand the button prompt. And I hit instead of like next stadium, I hit like next genre of stadium. Mm. And it took me to minor leagues, oh. which I don't blame them for not putting the same level of care and detail into a minor league stadium that they would a major league. But my goodness, I think the very first 3D games ever in existence had better looking textures than some of the ones that they were putting up on this. It was like, it was like, where is this minor league stadium in the desert? Great. Put some like (laughs) JPEGs of cactuses off in the distance for people to look at and they'll believe it's a desert. It was really, really bad. Um, And it, it got a lot better when I went back to, you know, uh, the, I don't remember what it's called here anymore because it says when I was interested in baseball that I still call the Arizona ballpark uh, Bob. Bob? Or Bank One Ball. Well, because it used to be Bank One Ballpark and everybody called it Bob. That's amazing. Uh, that should have never changed. That pisses me now off. Now I 
Now I think it's Chase Field. No, oh, because Chase is Bank. what it's called now. Yeah, because listen, ours used to be the Delta Center for the Jazz, and we love that name. It just sounded good. Delta Airlines was was the owner at the time, or the whatever the big name behind it, and we just thought that would be it forever. It's now, um, what is it? Advent Home Home Security something. It's this big long company name. It sucks. It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. It. Like, did they not? Do they not die inside when they make these deals? Like, <laughs> like you know, a place's name is important. Like, it just has meaning, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we'll call it the Advent Security System Center." Like, oh yeah, uh, uh, vivid, like, like, do they vivid. not die inside when they like? Does they not stop and be like, "We can't tarnish <laughs> the name of an institution in this way." Like, I know those I know. people are truly going to hell. Like, they don't have souls. Like, I'm sorry to be so mean, but like. Like, how can you live with yourself doing? Like, is a history book going to get opened up and be like, yes, the great baseball player played at, you know, the Sanford Stock Holdings Incorporated <laughs> Center? Like, like, well, like when they're like, called, it's awful. Yeah. It is so horrible. When they're called Yankee Stadium or they're called Comiskey Park or they're called Candlestick Park, like, those names are iconic. They never change, they'll be there forever. But anything that's newer than that or has too much corporate control, Oh my gosh! This baseball getting hit made me jump in my chair. That freaked me out. <laughs> you ever do that where it like goes it goes through the bat and comes at the camera? That's serious. I almost fell over. It was so bad. Yeah, sometimes you get that little like ooh, jolt. Yeah, but they but but then when they you know just like oh the Capital One Stadium, it's like we're just in a new era for that, and it sucks. I don't like it. I just don't know how people can live with themselves. I just don't know how you can sleep and be like, I'm doing great in life. I renamed an institution to something stupid and we're making our company money from it. Like, like it's, it's, it's worse than Bitcoin, honestly. Yeah. Oh, well, that's well, right. Also- Comiskey is now guaranteed rate field. That's yeah, so like what are you? What are you? What, what are you doing? The like the, the people making this deal. If one of you are listening, like what are you doing in the world? Like yeah. how? How did you allow this to come to pass? And yeah. you feel okay about it? Like yeah. it's bad. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I'm gonna look at well, the current. The other, the other thing that makes me so sad is that, uh, and I don't know if this is true because again, been a while since I've been interested in baseball. But I was looking because I, I picked our stadium because I think the stadium here in Arizona is actually pretty cool. But I think I found out through this video game that they took the pool out of the stadium, yeah. which really made me sad to learn. I was like, they got rid of the pool. <laughs> yeah. So it's either they didn't put the pool in the game, which I don't blame them. It's not like there's a lot of baseball stadiums with pools. Or they've dropped the pool from the Arizona stadium altogether, which then I'm just sad because it was a fun dumb thing it just it's like bob again bob stood for bank one ballpark it's not like it was a great name before but we abbreviated it and it was fun you had fun with it you know we had a fun thing and we had a pool in it and now it's just a boring thing and there's no pool well look okay so just for fun here's some others you're gonna hate the miami marlins now play in the lone depot park that's fun uh, what? the Houston Astros now play in the Minute Maid Park, like the drink, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, I've got one too. Cause I just looked up, we used to have the, for the senators, they played in the Palladium. Yeah. Awesome name, right? Cool name. Then it, it's now currently the Canadian Tire Center. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a place you go to put your winter tires on. What's wrong with you? 
It's so it's, bad. It's not just you. It's not just. And it was US. the Scotiabank yeah. place before that, and the Corel Center. Remember Corel Draw? Oh, Corel oh, actually. I think what they were Canadian? Corel was big. Well, they got sold. Yeah, uh, it's a long story. But but anyways, like it, yes, you can continue on your list. But Canadian Tire Center. That's pretty good. You may have just worst. won the whole contest there with that. Um, Petco Park is a dumb one. Um, <laughs> Do I take my pet there? Yeah. T-Mobile Park. Uh, let's see. T-Mobile Park. Tropicana How Field. Long? Oh, Lord. Propaganda Field. No, what? Tropicana. Tropicana. Oh. Propaganda. <laughs> Propaganda. That would actually be a good name because it'd be very memorable. Yeah. It's named after a guy, Mr. Propaganda, not actual but propaganda. Every billionaire with a tiny penis wants a field named after them. And I just hope we. Don't. I think after, you know, pre election and all of that, I'm waiting for the Four Seasons Landscaping Field. That's oh, Four I'm Seasons Landscaping for. of the home of the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's make it happen. <laughs> It doesn't have to be St. Louis. It can be whoever, but jeez, it's so bad. Like, and you know, one co- one company does it, so they all do it. Some people You're like all to blame, like Coors Field and Bush Stadium. People think of those fondly because they've been there for a really long time. And yes, they're corporate, but beer is a thing that's baseball connected. And I get it. Like, why that works? It's just I'm when not you change it. to it in all cases. If there's like a history or connection there, like. Fair enough. But when you know it was sold for the express purpose for advertising, especially when it sounds horrific. Yeah. You know, like what? There's a FedEx field, apparently. Like, no, no, there's not. There used to be. That's dumb. There used to be. No, I'm just saying there shouldn't be. It's travesty that we allow this to happen. It should be illegal. Oh, here it is. In, so the Senate's like, making laws saying you cannot do this to where <laughs> what if your White House was now called the Canadian Tire House? <laughs> like what if they did it with the White House? Yeah. Well, it would be awful. The, no you're you're basically describing the plot to uh what was that? Idiocracy. Idiocracy, yeah. It'd be the it would be the Red Bull's house. Yeah, the Red Bull house. <laughs> where you're here your family. No, that's uh, the Olive Garden field. Uh, so ours is <laughs> I had it wrong. The Pentagon, it's the Canadian Tire gone or something. I had I had it wrong. It used to be called. Uh, so when most of my growing up, it was the it was the Delta Center, um, and we were fine with that. Then yeah, they I mean, changed it's okay. it once in a while. If they started it, if they're the ones that opened the place in the first place, sure, like, then it maybe, makes sense. You know, like, yeah, then it makes yeah. sense. We were fine with it. But then Vivint bought it, and someone else had it in between, and I forgot who it was. But Vivint now owns it. It's now called Vivint Smart Home Arena. It makes me want to fart blood. <laughs> I hate it so it's, much. Oh, it's so it. ridiculous. Nobody want. Nobody liked that. You know when? Uh, what's that meme from? Nobody liked that. Like nobody liked that. Nobody from, like ain't got. Uh, no. What is, how's that? It's mean, like though? Fallout or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Or <laughs> I don't remember. Telltale Games. Like nobody liked that. I remember. Anyways, that. Um, nobody likes right. this. So that's what I played. <laughs> Oh, no, John, we're still talking about you. MLB. Yeah. So there you go. John's foray into baseball. Uh, good thing it's on bank Game Pass. I mean, truth is, I wouldn't. It's not a game I'd buy either. Yeah. Because it's not I, really my jam, but, you know, it's on there. It, so. I will probably try to play a little bit more. I think I'm going to make it as arcadey as possible because I think ultimately that's what I want. Right. Is I just want to swing the bat and hope good things happen and, you know. Same. Take care of Take care of as much of it as you can game because I'm not good at it. I will say the crowds look better than they've looked in recent years, uh, which remember, is ironic. Really. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of ironic. But in the past, video game crowds in poor sports games have been atrocious. 
And they're yeah. finally getting to a place where it's not just like 2D bitmaps back there that are like three frames of animation each or whatever. Like they're individual they're people. Fully in rendered and voiced by Liam O'Brien. Yeah, all the... <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart in the audience. That was quite a fly My MLB game has Patrick Stewart in it. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is this is the only MLB game. It's a lot like Madden. It's, they kind of cornered the market on it because, you know, licensing is whatever it is. But broader audience, whatever. If you're a baseball fan, this is all good news. Um, you also played a bunch of Final Fantasy fourteen. We don't really need to talk about that at all. No, we do. I oh. think uh, just to make sure that it gets even keel with uh, <laughs> other games on this show, uh-huh. proper representation. Because, yeah. you know, I just want to say I've been playing Final Fantasy 14. People spoke very highly of Heaven's Ward, and I've made my way through most of that expansion story content now at this point. I saw credits, uh, but I haven't moved on to the next expansion yet. So mm. um, it's it's really good. Uh, I I want to say that game has a crazy final boss fight that's just insane. You go up against a, a god king, uh, and you're surrounded by a bunch of knights while you do it. And it's in space for a little while, and then it's not in space anymore. And this isn't the one um, that you. Is this the video you put in our Slack earlier? Is that the fight? It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's that fight. All right. It looks uh, like. Uh, and, I don't know. It looks like a. <laughs> It looked like somebody in China said, you know what we ought to make? We ought to make the Lich King fight, but let's do it like we would a free mobile game. Let's make it look like that. Uh, you know what, Scott? It's like Japan, because it's a it's a Japanese game. Uh, it's like a bunch of Japanese developers said, let's do a Lich King fight, and mm. they made a cooler fight than the Lich King fight, and that's exactly what it is. At you no know, point in the Lich King yeah. fight were you in outer space. That's so. true, and I will I will actually say without any irony, and I actually mean this that look that looked pretty rad. All of their stuff, like dungeon bosses, there's a lot of flair around the edges. I think that really help it. They don't just clump over and die, and they also don't just launch into a rendered cutscene. It's this very cool in-game moment, and it's a cutscene of sorts. But I like how they do that in that game. Like legit, it's it's very good. Yeah. So it's, it's been really, really neat. I loved that. I mean, the thing that I think is, I think the thing that's crazy and the thing that I really wish wow would take from final fantasy in this regard, like, cause it's what I kept thinking through this entire thing. Uh, cause it's hard not to compare and contrast sure. is the, you know, 3.0 experience, which is what I guess heaven's word is considered to be, um, just 3.0 feels like a complete story there's hanging threads for sure like there's cliffhangers that it ends on and stuff like that but that game was like hey you're going here to deal with this this is the thing that's going on and it feels like it told that story completely and now there is more stuff to do to to go see and experience and all that but I feel like I got told an awesome epic and like complete story arc in that without having the like well i guess you're gonna have to play the game for the next two years if you want to find out how this quarter of a story we've told so far is gonna wrap up like they just narratively packed it all in in a way that is very is very satisfying as opposed to this like we're gonna tell one boring ass story for the course of two years because that's what i thought when i was going into shadowlands was i was like i love the ideas i love the cool stuff that's going on here is it going to take me two years to find out what's going on with anduin 
Turns and, out, yes, is the answer. Yeah, like that's the answer is yes. We're going to be spending like a year rescuing these people from this place and that's all it is. And I kind of feel like in just their first content drop of the story, they told more than what Shadowlands has in in their first bit. And I, I would love to see WoW maybe jump on the telling more story with what they have uh bandwagon yeah i do like that about the game more story related to the marketing like because there's story in it it's just you know you get trapped in these really side things that you you know yeah you see anduin twice or whatever i mean it was like that in um uh the little bit i play not the little bit i played which one was the island one the dragon island one again legion legion right yeah. legion had uh on the alliance side had this whole gangramane following sylvanas thing and there's maybe like two scenes of it like you know like it was you had to finish a whole zone then you got a little drip feed and i was like you know like you got really side- sidetracked so you're saying like the story is a lot of meaty main stuff in, in final fantasy yeah it it feels like it paid off and and again like i said it's not to say that the story's done and everything's wrapped up like you know but you went there to investigate a thing. You got the answer that led you to this, that led you to this, that led to a final encounter with a boss. Like essentially, if you picture, if you picture Lich King, like you went to Northrend, you dealt with all the forces of the Lich King. Then you went and you fought and you killed the Lich King. But then maybe after the Lich King died, something happened and you're like, oh, well, that that's going to be something we're going to have to address. And, you know, they were like, oh, here's this old war place if you want to go there. Like all that stuff feels like side content or patch content. But the story that they told you to get invested in is what they told you when you first went in. Right. And I I really appreciate the the focus on that. So uh there's really, really cool stuff in that game. Um, and every everybody I've talked to who plays Final Fantasy, they say like that first expansion is way better, and each expansion just keeps getting better on top of it. So I'm definitely going to stick with it. Uh, the way that game does flying is super cool. That was another thing that was a pleasant surprise um, because that game does allow flying in it, but they do it very differently than how WoW does it. And... Uh, yeah, it's it's a shockingly f- refreshing MMO experience to be playing. Well, <clears throat> you may 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 or may not know this, but while you've described all of this, I've been trolling by playing a cinematic trailer for the Elder Scrolls <laughs> upcoming expansion. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun to do that. Okay, uh, <laughs> moving on. Bo, oh, Tailspire. Yeah. Oh, we got to talk about this. Okay, so this is there's this twenty four dollar thing on on uh, Steam that is apparently. Not really a game as much as it is. It's a virtual tabletop. A virtual tabletop, and it looks it's insane for like D&D stuff. So one of us, I guess, got it. John got it. John, how is Tailspire, and do you foresee that we will all be using this one day for our campaigns? Uh, maybe. I want to be clear. I very briefly toyed around with it. Like We're talking maybe 15 minutes, if that. Um, but uh, I just wanted to see how it works, and it seems like... It definitely seems like it's early and like there's some stuff that needs to be figured out. Like there's, uh, you know, it kind of the base window looks like um, it has a game window where it's got gameplay, but it's got a lot of tools and menus on the outside. And it it has a little bit of 
difficulty tracking whether or not you want to be placing things in the game window versus whether you want to be clicking the UI elements. Right. So there mm-hmm. were cases where I would try to click something on the UI and I would place something down on the ground and go, ah, crap, you know, undo. But, you know, that works really well. There's a lot of shortcuts. You can just, oh, I made a mistake, control Z. Um, it seems like it's going to be really cool as long as they continue to focus on it and, you know, really update it and keep it going. Um, it definitely needs some better, like, on-screen tooltips or tutorials. I spent a long time trying to figure out just how to rotate something um, because it didn't display that on screen. So it was like, hey, do you want to put a corner of a tavern down? I was like, yes. I put the first corner down. I was like, great. Now I need that corner facing a different direction. And I was like holding the right mouse button and that, you know, drug the mat to the side and then left mouse button just placed more corners in that same shape. And I was like, what, what am I supposed to do? And finally, just by pressing buttons, I figured out if you press in middle mouse button, it rotates the shape. I don't even know if that's the best way to do it, but you know, these are the things I'm figuring out on my own as opposed to having a, a tool tip or something helping me with. So it needs some work, but it looks very cool. It seems like it's very easy to just drop stuff in. Um, I I think one thing that I hope for is that they make it a little quicker. Like uh, right now it feels like, and it could just be that I'm so new with it, but it feels like to drop something in takes a little bit too long to really where a dm could do some on the fly stuff but if it's a case of you have it pre-built and you have it ready to go um i think it's a really cool looking tool uh for you know it's just like people who invest in the little 3d models for their gaming tables except it's virtual so uh, mm. I'm excited to do more and I would love to see, you know, a game played in it. I think that would be really fun to to get to do. So nice. Hopefully we get that opportunity at some point. Yeah, I wanna mess with it. Um I do wish you know there was a way to just have like one master copy and then a bunch of client stuff so everybody doesn't have to own it to make it work, but it's also only twenty four bucks. Yeah. It's not that bad, but still, this is like a, a buy it. Each one has to buy it kind of deal. But yeah, I don't know. it just would be cool because if you're going to have guest stars in or something, or you know, guest guests on your campaign, if you could just have a number of slots that could be, you know, I don't know how you'd do it. It would definitely make it easier, but with the high fidelity, I imagine, you know, yeah, seems cool. That's going to be the case. I actually picked that up too. I just haven't tried it yet. Oh, really? Okay, um, I'd be. Yeah. I'd love to hear what you have to think as well. I meant to get to it. I just, uh, I didn't, you know, it's, cause it's not like a, it's a game. So I wasn't like, uh, you know, I'll check it out soon. I've been, I've known about it for quite a while. So, but, uh, it's really, it looks pretty. So. How is, uh, how's Hearthstone treating you, Bo? Been playing? Ah, same old, same old. It's a time filler. Yeah. You know, for, I know we do our gaming stuff and my contributions have been less than exciting, but, um, part of the reason for the Xbox purchase is like, I'm, I'm still like sort of trying to figure out, trying to get my doctor to like look at it more but i have like i think i just have like inflammation in my ribs like i have like a recurring chronic chest pain and it can make like it difficult to sit and play keyboard and mouse games for long periods sure. and um you know yeah, you get you on the couch I, and chilling it might be easier yeah, might so be like easier. yeah that's why the hearthstone really it's like i i would like to be playing outriders and a lot of other things but i find um 
it's just it ends up being painful. I'm getting old, <laughs> you know. Like just, yeah. It hurts to play the games. Yeah. So, um, but when I lie down, you know, I definitely feel like less of the pain. So, you know, part of the Xbox therapy is just if I'm gonna play something, I can lie down and enjoy it and uh, not feel the the symptoms so bad. So it's kind of on and off, and and just because of that, you get kind of sucked into a games ecosystem. So now, you know, I'm watching the professional play and i'm learning what all the decks are and i'm getting all schooled up on how to play ranked so you know it's a good game to kill an hour or two here and there and it's just been filling the time i I, it's also like i don't know i've just been kind of getting into it more maybe it's the baron's theme or something like that and there's a new mercenaries mode coming up soon but it's it's pretty good. It's a pretty good card game. I really don't feel like I could play Magic, and I know it's like the better game, even in my opinion. But at the same time, I don't want to invest that much, mm-hmm. that hard. Like you really, you know, you have to have four copies of shit. You probably have to spend way more money than you would on Hearthstone to be up on any of the online versions of Magic. So it's kind of this nice sweet spot right now. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Glad you're enjoying but it. But no, I'll probably get my Xbox and play a bunch of Xbox games, and next week I'll. I do want to try out Star Renegades. That's kind of high on my list. Oh, Star um, Renegades is cool. That's a cool. Yeah. Game. So there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff that it just requires an install and fiddling that I haven't gotten to on the PC stuff. So I'm I'm really looking forward to cracking open the the Xbox. Yeah, you'll love. I think you're gonna try love that and thing. shit. I have really enjoyed mine. So I think you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna you just have this unlimited pile of games that you can play. And like I need to get in there and sit on my butt and play through the rest of um, Dishonored Two, which I love, and I started again on there, and then I just haven't had time. But so many good games right now. That yeah. Bethesda. The one thing sad part about Xbox is Genshin Impact's not on there. Yeah, that's true. It's not. I don't know why. I don't actually play Genshin Impact, but I kind of logged in the other day and I was like, oh, there's a new hero release, uh, Rosetta, the Battle Nun, or something. Let me get some wishes and see if I can't get. And, you know, you do some wishes and you're like, oh, I got the new character. Anyways, log out. Everybody <laughs> like wants Rosetta the Battle Nun. I mean, how can but you they're adding they're adding some player housing shit. Like, that game is kind of an early access in a way, which is surprising because it looks like a full game. But there's, or they're either working people to the grindstone on it. And that's just kind of how that game's going to be. But yeah. I think it's like, it's a pretty game that I want to play, but don't actually play. I think we talked about that last week, but. Well, I'll so tell you what I'm, into that game. what I'm excited about. Maybe next week we'll make it a small subject for Bo to rant on. But um, the word is there's a new kind of cryptocurrency coming that will do to SSDs and hard drives in general, not just SSDs, what Bitcoin did to video cards. And uh, you'll love that. You'll love the idea that we're about to have oh. a shortage on drives. They're all going to skyrocket in price. It's going to get. Oh, bad. no. <laughs> and like this bullshit. We didn't talk about it on the show. We meant to. But that horse racing game where you can NFT a horse for horse racing and then breed them. And they're all unique and stuff like climate change is coming. You guys yeah. <laughs> like I just I hear how we're it's using our here. energy. And I'm like, this is not a good use of anyone's energy on all this shit. So it's what's the new cryptocurrency called like sucky coin i mean i forgot it was some clea clea coin or something there's tons of these names right like dogecoin's way up yeah. today like there's all sorts yeah. of stuff but you're right no dude climate change is here and that. we're and we're dogpiling on it so well done yeah we're just like we're doubling down every chance we get on like crypto nft art all that kind of business like 
Yeah. Guys, it takes computer resources to do this stuff. And then we got to maintain these ecosystems and everyone wants their own ecosystems. We have 500 ecosystems. I try, I try, I was a little NFT curious in the beginning and now I, I actively am repulsed by it. I can't. All we really wanted the internet for was to play video games on. Like <laughs> that's that, all it was for. Like honestly, like guys, like that's, that's all I, I was, you know, all of us, I can speak for all of us here. We're all way ahead of all the people using internet nowadays, not to be like the, you know, gatekeeper type, but that's all we wanted to do with computers was to play cool video games and just chat. Like all this other stuff is like getting out of hand, man. It's like the, the, you know, the people, the same people who would slap, who think it's okay to call something a Canadian tire center, have their hands on the internet. So like (laughs) those people, yeah, I mean, I'm going to those people them. I would never do that to the name of something. Call it the Bo Schwartz Center. Well, no, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, the Bo Schwartz Incorporated <laughs> Center. I would not do that. Yeah. But, you the, know, you the, can name a building after me. That's fine. The other hard oh. part is all of this stuff is tricky to quantify, and you can make all kinds of weird arguments that all of this is fine because it's really hard to show people the actual impact. There's so many layers removed. It's kind of like, you know, I, I eat some chicken today. I didn't have to go raise that chicken, feed that chicken for a year, chop that chicken's head off, de-feather that chicken, prepare that chicken, hope it doesn't have botulism, and then eat that chicken. That doesn't exist anymore. And I feel like NFTs, crypto, all this stuff is like that chicken. Nobody thinks about everything in between you and your little coin, in your fake coin. Like, it's just weird. It's so weird. We're in a weird time, everybody. So eat your chicken is what I'm saying. All right, let's move on. Uh, oh, we got a quick email. Chicken NFTs. <laughs> chicken NFTs, the hot new thing. That's a good question. Coming soon. All right, the good question is this email sent to talktothecore at gmail.com. This comes from Night Blind in the chat. I don't know if they're there today. Maybe. Scott, you had mentioned in the last episode that you downloaded AQ3D on mobile. First off, that's super cool. I have loved AW since it was released or since it was at least I was at least seven playing on AOL dial-up. Apparently, this AQ game, Action Quest, or whatever the hell it's short for, is a long tail. This thing's been around forever. It says there's a 2D version of oh, Adventure Quest that plays on Flash, I believe. I'm legally blind now, so I can't play games anymore, but I remember AQ uh-huh. being, being one of the best games I'd ever played. I recommend trying the 2D game out at least once. If you like the idea of the developer, uh, or if you like the idea of a developer who is not afraid to quote or rip off everything that has ever existed in video games, <laughs> as well as has some of the most entertaining art, then Atrix games will be both bad and extremely fun for you. I have a ton of fun games back in the 90s that still run on their websites, such as Mech Quest, Adventure Quest, and other games, uh, or other game glitches with unique and dorky spins. Love the show. Uh, and Bo, we miss you on TWBD. Thomas, night, bl- or night blind in the chat. Uh, well, Thomas... Yeah, that AQ3D thing is is weird. It's just a giant, ridiculous ripoff of all all the MMO things, and it's just it's really kind of bad, but good in a weird way. And I still sort of throw a little time at it on my phone when I'm just sort of like super bored. Uh, it can kind of get me through a few minutes, but it's uh, you know I'm not going to devote a lot of time to it. Um, but anyway, thanks for the email. And if you guys ever check that out, you never will, but. What? Did, okay, you know that video I put? Did I show you the guys? The I made a YouTube video of all the games I'd played during the last month. There was a bunch of ESO, Final Fantasy, other stuff in there, Hitman, whatever. And one of the mm-hmm. things I included was a moment from that AQ3D thing. 
And it was this scene where this giant black knight with all this crazy armor hits the guy so hard or throws him so hard that your guy just flies for days, just flies and flies and flies and goes overhead, just keeps going overhead in the worst animated way possible. I'll find this and cap it for you guys because it's really special (laughs) and terrible. It's so bad. So I'll share that with you. It's pretty bad. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. If you want to email us, you can talk to the core at gmail.com. If you have thoughts or feelings about anything we covered today, we'd love that. Uh, join us over at our Patreon and be part of the fastest growing podcast on the frog pants network right now. That's core. That's right. Patreon.com slash core show is where you can go to support the show. Big thanks to everybody who already does. It means a lot to us and uh, we'd love to have more of you. Patreon.com slash core show. And you can find everything else at frogpants.com slash core. All right. I think that's it. Uh, things didn't fold up after that core game launched on uh, the Epic Store. So we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't let that take us down, did we, John? No, sir, we didn't. No, we didn't make any money off of it either. No, we didn't get shit. Yeah, no offers came in. No. No. Uh, but we'll see how how that goes in the future. Hey, uh, John, any, any last words of, of wild, wacky wisdom to share with the audience before we leave? Uh, yeah, if you're looking for a quality, massively multiplayer online role-playing game experience, you must need Final Fantasy XIV. Uh-huh. It is simply the best. Wow. Simply the best! Sounds 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 like a thing. I should check it out. Sounds like something I might yeah. want to look into. How are yeah, the dragons I mean, in it? The like, dragons are cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the dragons are amazing. You can identify the dragons based on how they look. Because you see, Scott, they didn't just take the same model and make some slight tweaks to it. They actually all have very unique looks and personalities. Oh, interesting. And, they're not oh. the same. They're not the same underlying mesh with just a lot of extra shit piled on top of it. Uh, on um, their stubby you know, legs. Maybe, but honestly, they're so artistically interesting and unique. I couldn't tell. Oh, so, weird. weird. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, there's a there's a really pale white one. That's all I've ever seen, and it really put me off. I'll, we'll have to. Well, I have one that I can ride around now uh, as a mount. Do you uh, do you ride on any of the flying mounts in ESO? No, uh, because in ESO they decided not mount? to ruin their game with flying mounts. And uh, so oh, well, see, you, know. you know, I would have thought the same thing because you know <laughs> it did kind of ruin WoW. But in Final Fantasy, flying actually works really different and really great. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so all those flying mounts are really good. Maybe one day ESO will catch up and introduce. Well, you never know because it feels like ESO is trying to be true to the Elder Scrolls uh, uh, pantheon of games without adding things in there that are too weird for the world. So, you know, I don't remember I, any flying mounts in uh, ever in uh, Final Fantasy 2, but hey, what do I know? Maybe they're... I 100% agree with you. They are definitely true to that experience by making everything as generic and boilerplate <laughs> as it can possibly be. When I'm in there, I genuinely feel bored. Just like I do when I'm playing an Elder Scrolls game. So these are a lot of words of wisdom. In a bottle, perfectly. This is a lot of words of wisdom. For the record, John feels this way about all Elder Scrolls games, the entirety of the series. It's got nothing to do. I with. do th- that. That yeah. game. That game series gets by on a lot of stuff. Uh, art style in one of them. Yeah, I think that game thing. looks pretty generic look you're it looks it looks ready to be a movie because they don't have to do any elaborate props well it look if you like cartoony asian uh tiny people looking into I the do. sky and going uh, well then final fantasy is your answer get that if you're looking for dark fantasy that feels like a little bit of dnd a little bit of you know diablo a little bit of darkness a little bit of you know rugged on the on the ground kind of fantasy give eso a try but if you like cartoony guys going, uh-huh, 
that, man, you are hooked up with that Final Fantasy. And it's not final. They got more to come. It's just going to keep on coming, and you'll never have an end to it. All right. <laughs> Bo, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, don't name your uh, in- physical institutions bullshit company names. <laughs> and get off really my good. lawn! That's actually really good advice. I'm, I'm with you there. All right, we'll take Bo's advice. Uh, take a nice week and enjoy your video games. We'll be back next time with more. We'll see you then. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.